The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, everybody. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel. Stream it on SEMSynergy.com. Pick it up on iTunes or any combination thereof. Um, our guest today is Ben Ha. He is the founder of the Cheeseburger Network. And... Um, we're excited to hear from him because we owe a lot of the images on the blog <laughs> to I Can Has Cheeseburger. Yeah, and, and really the decorations by our desks. <laughs> you just have to be in the office every once in a while to appreciate this. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, yeah, that's, that's who it is, all right. Um, I think that uh, we were just discussing a little bit ago about how most of the cat pictures come from him. Is that right? Yep. All right. So if you actually f- visit our blog a lot, you'll, you'll probably have a good idea about what this is. Ben is going to be talking to Virginia about tailoring content and expectations among different communities, which is, by the way, very important uh, in emerging, uh, and heading up a actual successful startup. I think uh, you know many of us have, have gone through the trials and tribulations of getting to where we are today uh, one step at a time, and, and certainly... Um, one called the Cheeseburger Network is certainly a, uh, yep. an interesting thing to do. You'll want to stick around. Uh, be sure to talk about uh, things in the chat room. Uh, but this will be a great time to uh, participate. So please do that. That will be coming up after the break. Until the break, uh, we're actually going to be talking a little bit about international SEO. Uh, I wanted to kind of throw that out as a topic. Um, as many of you know, I do training. I've done training on five continents. Uh, they won't let me into Antarctica. Um, but, you know, it's okay. Maybe you should wear your best tuxedo. But one or, yeah, look like a... Six. Yeah. You've been to Africa. Yeah. And you've been to Asia. Yeah. And you've been to Europe. Yeah. And you've been to Australia. Yeah. And South in North America and South America. Yeah. So that's six. That's six. But the penguins are not interested. The <laughs> penguins are not interested. We'll you got that one right. We will get them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on our list. The, um, but one of the things that I do know is that really the spam filters are, are really the, the pickiest, I guess, here in the U.S. Um, Matt lives here. A lot of people... <laughs> A lot of people uh, 
really look at the U.S. as being the way spam guidelines are first developed. Uh, it's easier in English, I think, personally. Um, and it's not as easy to do in some multi-bit languages or in, you know, certainly some languages outside of the U.S. where uh, the search engines haven't really adapted the spam filters to the to terminology of the language. Mm -hmm. They have to kind of understand it a little bit better, uh, and they're less developed. So I think that there's certainly room for improvement on a lot of different things. But what I have found in the training courses are the things that I teach that are white hat. To a great extent, people just sort of look at me for, for many of them, not all of them, but many of them, as if you're out of your mind to, to want to do that because clearly that doesn't work. I don't think they understand uh, that if you really want to survive internationally, that the search engines are going to go to one spam filter. So the question that I had for you when we were talking about this earlier is, you know, say say that buying links is a very common practice in a country. Why would they take your white hat SEO methodology over buying links if buying links is what everybody's doing and right now it's working? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, in Japan, we know that buying links is what people do because it's a very difficult thing uh, and there's not a lot of tools for optimizing on page in the Japanese language. Pictures are pictures are pictures. Um, which means that a lot of the public companies in Japan that do SEO, public SEO companies, publicly traded SEO companies, buy links. They well, don't even edit even, pages. Even Google Japan. Yes, that's what it led to. It led to Matt penalizing Google Japan for buying links and that was natural, and they got penalized. So the fact that it is natural isn't always sufficient to say I'm safe. Right. Normal for the country isn't necessarily going to be okay. But I'm, I don't know, I kind of used this analogy earlier. It's like everybody's doing 90 on the freeway. Who do you pull over? Well, typically if you pull over whoever's in front... And then if you pull over next guy in front, you don't pull him over from the back. Um, I guess what really convinced me is what you said about how the Google's caffeine index is going to be worldwide. Yeah. There's going to be one index. It's all multi-bit, one index. And if that works correctly, it means that there's one spam filter. It may have to learn languages, but the rules are the rules. Google is Google. They're not going to allow you to get away with spam in one country but penalize you in another. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Google has to be uniform. If, if buying links is bad in the U.S., what makes it okay somewhere else? Especially since the algorithm is going to consider those links having to do with your relevancy. Do you think that it's a maturation process, or is this just going to be like a flip a switch one one day, everybody's gone who's been buying links in Japan, and now it's just like the fan sites that have never bought links because why would they bother doing that? 
my personal opinion is Google's going to flip a switch. I, I think that they haven't fixed uh, the language issues yet. The morphological dictionaries that you kind of need to do anything with a picture language um, haven't really been debugged all the way even by the engines. The relevancy isn't uh, as good as in English. And but as they get closer, I think it'll it'll start happening. Do you think that that's something that the other engines will follow suit on? I mean, right. if Google kills all the you know top-ranked sites in Japan to continue to pick on Japan, um, kills all the top-ranked sites in Japan, what's to stop everyone from just going back to using Yahoo, who still has all of the sites that they expect to be in the top? Well, uh, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a complicated issue, and, and I think you're right. I mean, spam is spam is spam, but how do you bring up education at the same level as the spam filters fall in so that you know, people don't just say, hey, I can never find what I'm looking for in your engine. You know, what's wrong with you? So who cares what they're buying links? Well, but on the other side, every single time I've ever done a course outside of the U.S., the room has been full. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people want to hear how to do this. Yeah. They want to understand that if I do the good stuff better than everybody else – I'm going to beat not just the spammers, but I'm going to beat the good stuff guys. Yeah. I'll beat the other white hats because I'm doing the right good stuff better than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does that mean that I will beat somebody that's buying links? Well, as soon as they're penalized, I will. And if it's inevitable that Google is going to penalize spam no matter what the language, if that is inevitable, then it is horribly waste of time and energy and money to continue to spam knowing it's coming. Yeah. It seems to me that they that that the search engines really have to push white hat education, you know, sponsor a few more of your sessions maybe in in various countries. Um, however, it is time for a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Ben Hub, the Cheeseburger Network, more SEM synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka sound all the time? In my new book, ka How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K A C H I N G book.com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOFox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. 
And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. The Joel Com Show, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia, and right now I'm joined by Ben Ha, the founder of Cheeseburger Network, an empire of more than 50 sites that thrive on user-generated content and engaged uh, communities. Thanks so much for coming on the show. So uh, in an interview you did with Wired in January, which I know is a little bit back there, but you, uh, the reporter said that you responded to a picture of dogs humping by saying, we've done this enough times to know this is a one-note joke. Um, and the story says you pour over JPEGs and tube clips in search of internet memes. So what are you looking for and what are the qualities that stand out as winners? Because you're basically recognizing memes before they're memes, or at least very early in their lives. Yeah, I mean, the way I'd like to uh, think of ourselves is that we popularize memes that, that exist, that people are already participating in one way, shape, or form. And what we try to do is we try to give them all the advantages of a successful meme, like a community, a place for people to get together and actually talk about it, a consistent stream of things, and basically leading by example. Here's all the stuff that this meme consists of. Go find other things like it. Um, I was actually at the Blue Glass LA uh session that you were on in July, and uh, that's kind of where we first connected. You spoke on the panel, Building Communities That People Love. Um, obviously, Cheeseburger Network and I Can Has Cheeseburger uh, has expanded, uh, including Failblog, Graph Jam, Pundit Kitchen, I could go on. But I've heard in the past that there's really no way to build a community, like no one way anyway. And I think I remember that at Blue Glass you said that you kind of figured out a formula for building communities that people love, at least one that seems applicable to a number of topics. Yeah, so the idea here is that a community is a group of people who want to get together and have shared experiences. That's what a community is all about. The reason people come online or people actually meet in person is so that they can share an experience. And so what we're doing is we're trying to create a positive shared experience through the use of content. And that's what we're trying to do. And also, there's no one magical community. So when we think of a community with a capital C, it usually consists of smaller communities that use the site and get benefit for one reason or another. Yeah, I really did like that observation that you made. There's no such thing as the community. And uh, you have recognized that by looking at the different sites across Cheeseburger Network. And each one has its own specific rules and expectations. And that one person can travel across communities and change their behaviors um, easily. So what advice would you give to marketers to account for that or to use it to their advantage? 
you know, people really follow examples set forth by the owners of the sites or of the other community members. So it's a little bit like the, you know, the, the, the crime-fighting theory, the broken glass um, uh, theory, which is that if you see uh, a neighborhood and it's got graffiti and broken glass and no one's there to clean it up, you're much more likely to actually commit a crime because you know that no one cares. And the same thing I think goes true, uh, uh, is true for people who hang out in communities, which is that if no one is in, in there deleting the trolls or, or removing messages that are spam, you know, more spam will be attracted to it because they know that no one's going to care. So policing the community is a very important thing. It's, it's reflecting the ideals of the community. Um, you're not really there to police them. You're, you're there to kind of do as the, as the community wishes. Mm. That's good, because you are a steward of communities. And, I mean, when I first uh, became introduced to Cheeseburger Network and, and learned that you had acquired this from an interesting story of um, some somebody just kind of like, was like, this is a funny picture. And then you were like, yeah, I think that this could grow. Um, I don't know. It's a good good lesson. Um, you also mentioned that people who comment on sites make up a small minority of users, and that is a challenging reality um, because I would imagine it's really hard to tell what people, um, what the majority of users think of, of a site if they're not if they're silent. So, do you think that a community can suffer if those in charge listen to those who are speaking? It's it's a balancing act, and actually, it's something that it's a struggle that we're going through uh, now as we uh, do more posts, and people want a kind of a critical mass number of comments per post. And it's really it's it's really all about coming up with really interesting solutions that meet the needs of the various different small C communities. Because I think we know that the larger overall community wants more content that they can rely on every day, whereas the smaller communities want kind of the status quo because that's what they're used to. But there's no reason. Uh, to believe that those two needs are in conflict with one another, uh, you can actually find a solution that meets both parties. How do you um, get feedback on that you think reflects the community as a whole? So we try to look at numbers, statistics, user behavior, minutes spent, number of visits, recurring users, all the metrics that really drive uh, uh, the growth of a community. Uh, but then we also try to get feedback by human means. When we see a user, uh, when I see a user at a community, or, or I'm sorry, at a conference, I'll ask them, and I'll try to get anecdotal information. We'll also try to reach out to those who are power users who do comment, and we'll get them on the phone, and we'll ask them questions. There are different ways to reach different parts of the community, and, and you know, somebody who runs a community site should really be aware of those things. Have you ever experienced that kind of saying no to somebody's request? Um, has alienated them, or how would you recommend avoiding that? You know, I say no all the time, um, but I also try to give them an example as to why uh, the answer is no. It's not just a no and we're done. It's no and here's why. And it's really, if you put yourself in the shoes of the community, you would really want a reason as to why somebody's saying no. Okay, so I've seen you speak a couple times now, and the story that sticks with me is the simplicity of the lull builder. So can you explain why it was preferable for the lull builder to actually allow text to run off the page? Yeah. Uh, we, we built it over a weekend. Uh, it wasn't a huge project, and the idea was that if you make something so simple that people can try over and over again, human beings are intelligent, they're able to learn, they're able to experiment and test, and they can really find a way to um, make their uh, content stand out if you give them the, the, the simple tools that they can hack and grow with. Um, and I'll just 
share for you, you, you said people admire complexity but reward simplicity, and that just really sums it up nicely. Um, so yours is a story of a successful startup, and the company was profitable in the first quarter and uh, been expanding ever since. So what, would you, what advice would you give for um, recognizing an idea for a great startup and judging the most prudent way to go about growth? I think it's really important that people do what they're passionate about. Because the passion, the energy that comes from that passion is really, uh, it's really viral. Um, it infects those around you. It infects your customers and your users. And without that passion, there's really no way for somebody to actually succeed. Because if you don't like what you do, why would you work on it in the middle of the night or in the morning or every chance you get? So you need that infusion of passion to begin with. And I think that's kind of the, the starting point of a good idea is that are you really passionate about it? User-generated content is kind of is a double-edged sword. Um, it's very much, you need, a, you need a large number of it to make content work. Instructions on how it's made and people just kind of go about and creating it. Um, if you want user-generated content to work, start with something that's very, very simple. The simpler it is, the more people will participate. Well, that was really good advice. Thank you again. Okay. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben Huck and on your blog, benha.com, where you talk about all these kinds of topics and more. And uh, you probably see your hand at work all over the place thanks to the Cheeseburger Network. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Virginia. All right, it's time for a quick break, but stay there. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. <coughs> wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. The WordPress Community Podcast, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. 
Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia, and right now I'm joined by Derek Gross, who you will remember from past shows, as well as a couple new guests for the program from our international offices, Kate Gamble, the search manager at Bruce Clay Australia, and Alessandro Agostini, the managing director of Bruce Clay Italy. Thank you all for coming on the show. It's awesome to have you here in the office. Yeah, thanks for having us. So since I do have um, several international uh, specialists here, I thought that we would talk about, um, well, or at least continue the conversation that started earlier in the show with Bruce um, about uh, the differences of SEO from region to region or country to country. Um, So what Bruce was saying, and I think that we all agree, is that... um, you have uh, you're going to be winning out in the long run if you follow the white hat methodology and search engine guidelines. Um, but but right now it's still an evolving conversation as far as what an SEO has to pay attention to based on their market. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, we we've seen with various markets around the world that there are. Uh, different practices that seem to win the day, which may not necessarily even follow the guidelines or be quote-unquote white hat. Uh, I think uh, the Google Japan example is one that stands out in terms of, you know, how it's being applied in in each country, in each region. Uh, Certainly, when you think about it, the white hat philosophy, you know, basically following the guidelines of any given engine within the region is going to end up winning because as the engines improve over time, e- even the weakest of the engines are always trying to improve. And so as that continues to occur, more and more to win in that engine, you're going to have to follow the guidelines that they've laid out. So the best strategy from the get-go is to already be working towards you know that white hat philosophy. It serves your clients to the best. It's an eth- ethically best way to go. It's, it's really just the strongest philosophy to work with. You see, in Australia, we're dealing with this problem where the Google spam filters have not been fully rolled out, or so it would seem. And a lot of our competitors' sites, um, or the the competitor sites of our clients, they might be doing some what we consider, you know, grey hat linking techniques, and they're still being rewarded with good rankings for this. So for our clients to then uh, stand stand tall and proud and be white hat is often difficult in the face of losing traffic to sites that are ranking quite quite well with negative techniques. We know uh, that across uh, different regions, Google is, ne- is not always number one, but we also uh, believe that uh, most regional search engines try to copy Google, I try to follow Google's Google's practices. So if this is true, sooner or later, they will have to to follow the guidelines, the white mm-hmm. guidelines that Google wants to promote. So it's just a matter of time. And ultimately, I, I think, it's certainly to Kate's uh, point, we've had to deal with that here even. Uh, as you know, Google became more sophisticated over the years, we've had many clients that have wanted to play the white hat game, have had competitors playing outside of the, the, the space, and have had to make decisions. Do they, do they do the responsible SEO or do they not? Ultimately, every client has to make their own choice, but as a responsible SEO agency, we've actually had to part ways with clients that have chosen to, to make the money now and basically cheat the engine where they see uh, easy wins and, you know, as the SEO agency, you have to make the decision, 
you know, how ethical are you going to be? How much do you stand by your commitment? And we've let clients go as a result of that. And, and, and really it comes down to what are you doing in the best interest of your client? And that may be walking away. The other thing to consider is that uh, ranking, in t- ranking in a particular geography, so ranking in google.com.au, for example, you will still come across international sites. So it can be the case where you are competing against large international .com sites for smaller uh, .com.au rankings. And we come across this all the time. Like one of my clients is a health resource and they have to rank, try and rank against you know, WebMD, which is a massive international .com site, which is mostly written in you know, American English, even though in Australia we use Australian English, which is S's instead of Z's. And, and you'd think that Google would be sophisticated enough now to only rank Australian content in those results, but because of the lack of sites that are available that have that niche content on them, it's pulling in sites from all across the world as it sees fit. So it is difficult to rank in a smaller uh, geography because you're not only up against local sites. I think uh, Kate has a point. If you are in an industry where... uh, People use a lot of English terms, even across uh, other countries, like IT industry, for instance. Then, uh, if someone in Italy searches with an uh, English term, because this is coming becoming more popular and popular, and we know that, we have evidence of that. Then it's true that uh, you will have to face the competition uh, uh, in the English term. So you will need to to be careful what you're doing. And to your point earlier also, you know, about how you, you, you have to um, market to the engine that's dominant. Um, it's interesting because even like a, a site like Google, which is uh, the primary engine here in the U.S. as well as in Australia, it will have different features at different times. Um, you know, they you got maps before we did and, um, you know, uh, different, different services are coming out of and you are always having to evolve to what is available and what opportunities are uh, there for you now. Right. So essentially what it comes down to is for the space that you're in, the engines you're playing towards for a particular task you're trying to do is know the guidelines and play to the guidelines and to to the features and tools that are available at the time. So there's always going to be a little play here and there, but ultimately the primary guidelines rarely change. You know, so stick to white hat as best you can, because in the end, that's what the engines are filtering towards. You should already be playing there. Uh, that's in the long-term interest of your clients anyway. But that brings up a really interesting point as well, that, that idea that, you know, your ranking competitors, unlike your business competitors, are whoever is ranking for that keyword. It do, it's, it's not necessarily dependent on who's around the corner or who's across the road. Um, and we've always considered it a priority to determine ranking competitors before you start out your project because your size, the size of your site needs to be based on exactly how big your competitor sites are as well as you know hundreds of other factors that need to be compared across the different ranking competitors, you know, the number of links, the age of the domain, the page rank. All of those factors need to be considered when you start out a, a new project and when you're trying to scope out just how big does this site need to be. And um, if there's sites from a whole bunch of different geographies, .com is quite an established. We see that you know .com sites, especially sites from the US, have been around for a lot longer in a lot of cases than Australian sites uh, in general. I'm talking here. Um, 
So having a new Australian site pop up, it's it's going to need to be an incredibly relevant site to rank well quickly. Unless you change the language in Australia and you don't speak English anymore, <laughs> well, we just, this is a necessary choice. The other thing is that we, we work on some New Zealand sites, you know, and you can't use Aussie mums in a New Zealand site. You have to use Kiwi mums as the terminology. So there are definitely uh, keywords that have to change between different geographies. Yeah. <laughs> also, the language issue. That's a whole nother show I'm sure we could get into. Okay. Um, so how can people get a hold of you guys if they want to learn more about Bruce Clay Australia or Bruce Clay Italia? Well, jump on the website. We're at bruceclay.com.au and uh, we've also got the blog at bruceclay.com.au slash blog. Well, come to to visit us in Milan. We have a nice restaurant in front of our office. <laughs> yes, or yes. if you really want to hurt yourself, go to the website bruceclay.it and uh, we'll go to lunch uh, by ourselves. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. We're all out of time for this week's show. But thanks again for tuning in to SEM Synergy. And thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing the show. If you want to read more about the show and our guests, go to SEM Synergy. Dot com or follow us on Twitter at SEM Synergy and send us an email or jump in the chat room. We always, always love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again for joining us on SEM Synergy.